All right. Well, just about nothing is clear with regards to what the Pac-12 media deal is going to look like. But one thing is abundantly clear. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights free and beloved conference of champions. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch the show, which today is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started so we still don't have a deal one is not expected till the end of may but do we really believe that it's going to come sometime in the end of may or early june eh. there's this old john mulaney line that uh it's not even that old really john mulaney's a very funny comedian got into a little bit of personal trouble recently but he's still a very funny comedian and he has this line about how how kids that are like 10 years of age or younger anytime they're given a test because they are, you know, still so naive and innocent and overall just like not knowledgeable about the things in the world, they should be allowed to put down an answer if they don't know and get full credit. And the answer is just who's to say. So anytime now something comes out about the Pac-12 media deal, this is how I feel. Anytime I see a report, anytime I see a tweet, anytime I see an opinion, anytime I see a thought, anytime I see analysis, it's just at this point in time, who's to say? Because no one seems to actually know anything. Yeah, I let that sink in there for a moment because this is the one thing that is becoming abundantly clear over and over and over and over and over and over again. So last weekend, I think it was on Friday or so, and I debated talking about this, but I was like, you know what? I'd rather be talking about spring football and and whatnot. But as you can tell, I think I, like many of you, are getting kind of exhausted with this stuff. It's still the biggest story in the conference, which is why we discuss it. But I still just am at the point mentally where I'm like, man, (laughs) like... What is going on here? It's one of the most, like once this all wraps up, whatever the outcome is, whether I'm wrong or a lot of you are wrong or we're both partially wrong or whatever ends up happening with regards to the deal, what it looks like, what happens, whether or not teams jump ship, which I doubt and such, like we're going to look back at this entire timeline of this particular particular set of months from like January of 2022 until May or June or whatever of 2022 and say, wow, we, we really got ourselves rung up, caught up, discussing, talking in circles about some crazy stuff that, that just ended up being blah. I mean, that's the best way that I could put it. Like, there's so many things like you try to read into this guy's comments, that guy's comments, this reporting, that report. So the latest iteration of this came last week 
It was, I think it was last Friday, Thursday or Friday. So Dennis Dodd tweets out, Dennis Dodd, who's been on this stuff from the get-go, first broke USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. He's been, all, he's been everywhere, right? He works for CBS Sports. He sends out a tweet and then writes a, an ensuing piece, or they might have been together, whatever, that, that says ESPN is out as the tier one media rights holder for Pac-12 sports, meaning the best games of the week for basketball as well, but primarily, you know, what, what drives the bus here almost entirely is football. The best games of the week. That's what we say when we're talking about tier one rights. And Dennis Dodd said ESPN was out of those discussions. And then 90 minutes later, Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic and Ross Dellinger of The Athletic both tweeted out the exact opposite, which is ESPN is not out for tier one rights. They met as early as today. I'm not coming on here to take shots at Dennis Dodd. I'm not coming on here to take shots at at Nicole or Ross or whoever and say like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're this and you're that. I'm coming on here to say that I don't think anybody actually knows. And the way that information gets to us through mostly anonymous sources, it's impossible for us to know which ones are legit and which ones are not. And this is the just the latest iteration of it. This is like the fifth time that we have gotten conflicting reports within the hour or within the day or within 30 minutes of a certain report coming out. And I've gotten to the point now, like this was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. I've gotten to the point now where I am going to be literally until someone tweets out credibly and everyone's reporting the deal has been signed the deal is complete to hear the facts and figures until it is public until the pac-12 speaks i'm i'm done going into the rumor and speculation mill here with regards to the deal itself and trying to figure out and read between the tea leaves because how in the world are we supposed to have legitimate honest actual takeaways from any of this stuff when various reporters at legitimate media journalistic enterprises can tweet the exact opposite things within two hours of one another. What are we supposed to take from that? Dennis Dodd has been covering this stuff for a while. I don't know where his sources are. I don't know who his sources are, but he works for CBS Sports. Arbach and Dellinger, work for the athletic. Am I supposed to trust one or the other? Am I supposed to look at one and say, oh, well, I'm not trusting that. Like, how are you supposed to choose? And my my, my point here today in this entire opening rant is I don't think you should choose. I think as Pac-12 fans, and I'm sure the Big 12 fans will, will feel differently, especially the ones who would love to see the Pac-12 go up in flames. I think as Pac-12 fans, we should just, take a step back and almost just like mentally just remove ourselves from the conversation. Cause it seems like all this back and forth and speculation and rumor and time. It's just like, it seems like nobody actually knows. I have, there, there, there hasn't been a time that I can recall in the sports world 
in which you have seen so many conflicting reports on the same topic. Take Aaron Rodgers, for instance. I've compared the two a lot on my radio show because it seems like there's inevitable outcome, but it just never arrived. And then the Aaron Rodgers trade did finally happen. So when Aaron Rodgers' speculation was was flying about and shows like you know this one or big sports talk radio shows and TV shows and all that sort of stuff were debating it, they weren't dealing with Adam Schefter tweeting out Aaron Rodgers wants to be traded to the Jets and then Ian Rappaport 30 minutes later tweeting out Aaron Rodgers does not want to be traded to the Jets. Like that doesn't happen, right? And you can you can go down whatever particular rabbit hole you want. It's the Big 12 pushing stuff. It's the Pac-12 pushing stuff. It's ADs. It's presidents. It's reporters. It's, you know, so-and-so's pushing a Jet. You say whatever you want. Believe whatever you want. I have no inclination as to which one is actually correct. But what I do know is that at this point in time, until we actually see some concrete material evidence here, nobody actually knows. That has been made abundantly clear over and over and over again. John Kenzano, guy who I've known for a a long time, not, not on a personal level, but someone whose stuff I've read since I was like six, seven years old. I'm sorry, John, if you're listening or watching, and I made you feel old there, but like that's that's what we got right now. Like, I've known who John Canzano is for a long time as a native Oregonian. He has tweeted and said things that have turned out to not come into fruition. Do I think he was making it up? No. It's just not the sort of guy that I think he is. I don't know anything about Dennis Dodd. I'm not hurling accusations here. I'm just saying that everybody, like, the misinformation that's out there, the, the the sources, the speculation, the rumor, it's all just coming to this point where we don't have concrete, hard, actual data and facts to report. And going off anything else at this point in time, I think has just kind of played itself out to where I, I could, you know, come on this show every day and try to get the most attention possible from all of you and, and, and many others out there if I wanted to, but it just doesn't feel like it has any more teeth to it until the deal comes into play. So how was that for an opening rant? All right. Well, I've got plenty more, um, including quite honestly, what to make of the delay, which is indeed here. Cause the delay is something concrete. It's something that's factual. And then a suggestion from John Wilner that, I <laughs> let's just say I wouldn't get your hopes up on that front. But if you're a sports betting fan, I would get your hopes up about going to FanDuel because you can make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Right now, new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. No better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. They've got great promotions every day, a safe and secure app. You get paid instantly, easy to use. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. So let's operate in the realm of things we do know right now. What we do know is the Pac-12 doesn't have a deal, so we can go off of that. But with regards to who's going to be involved, I'm just going to wait for the deal at this point. 
I think we've gone through every potential possible outcome there. But a couple things here uh, with, with regards to the delay that's going to run run through the end of May. I think an important difference that, that Josh Neighbors and I have locked on Big 12 have, uh, have, have mentioned and hinted at before is the Big 12 extended its previous deal just with different teams so they adjudicated the dollar figures accordingly but they did not negotiate a new deal which is part of the reason the pac-12 is taking longer because they're negotiating a new deal they're dealing with one or two partners apple and amazon who have not been in the college sports space before right it'd be very new to them and there are a lot of logistics there to to figure out so the other thing, too, with, with, with the delay, and I've talked about this for several weeks on, on the show, but I continue to think that, is I think you can cast pretty serious doubt on what the Pac-12 presidents have said, that they're going to be able to surpass the Big 12. Like, do we know all the intricate details of how long it takes to negotiate a new contract and how long it takes to get a new media rights deal and, and you know what it should how long it should actually take no we do not so maybe it just takes longer than we all think but the deadlines have been hinted at before and there have been presidents who have said yeah around this time yeah around that time maybe final stages and then it clearly hasn't been and whatnot so i think that that that's another thing of what to make of the delay like if you don't think the pac-12 can get above the big 12 i think that's a pretty reasonable take i don't rule it out entirely but the longer it goes on, yeah, the less likely I think that it is because the more time that passes, the more it seems. And again, we don't know this for certain. I am not reporting anything here because I am not a journalist. I am an opinion host. The more time goes on, the more it seems like they're trying to find the right combination, the right sort of deal to be able to get within striking distance at least. Or maybe, you know, in their view, they feel like they can surpass the Big 12. That would be a home run at this point. We'll just have to have to wait and see. But so John Wilner had a, a couple of suggestions on a recent episode of uh, of the Wilner and Canzano podcast, which, you know, is, is always an entertaining listen. I, I tune into him pretty regularly. So one thing that he said with with regards to the delay is that they are under the impression and they've got like actual sources within the Pac-12. And I think this is a pretty standard one, right? It's not the, you know, the the back and forth I was talking about earlier with regards to ESPN and they're in, they're out, like who knows and whatnot. But they said that the conference approved up to four teams for expansion, up to four. And John Wilner said that, they might be going back and forth with regards to schools and their interest and their ability to join the Pac-12, the presidents and whether or not they like this school, and then the TV networks and whether or not they would they would be an accretive addition to the conference and the value of its media rights deal. I doubt that. I, I doubt that. Because I don't think that there are that many combinations of schools that could dramatically shift the calculus for TV networks 
at Apple or Amazon or ESPN or Fox or CBS or USA Network or the CW or Ion TV or anybody else. Just go down the list. Uh, I probably missed some people that we've mentioned over the course of the last several months and whatnot. But look, is, is it possible? Yeah, sure. No, it's 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 definitely possible. But for those of you who would like to see the Pac-12, and I know there are a few of you out there, go to 14 teams. I think the conference giving approval to go to up to four doesn't mean that they're going to go to four. I do find it intriguing that they're open to adding that many schools. I think Tulane would be a name to watch for on that front because they're still currently in the American conference and looking like one of the biggest football brands after their Cotton Bowl victory over USC left in that conference with UTSA leaving and Houston leaving and Cincinnati leaving and UCF leaving like American conference got gutted by the big 12. Then the American went shopping in conference USA conference USA is pulling up some schools from, uh, from the mid major and, and FCS ranks in Sam Houston and New Mexico state. So, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of reshuffling on, on ongoing on that particular front, but I, I don't know that there are that many schools. And again, I don't know how long this process takes, right? Like evaluating a school, determining whether or not they're a fit for your conference, then going back to the president saying, would you, would you like this institution? And then going to the TV networks and saying, this is how much they're worth. And then probably going back to the presidents and saying, this is how much they say they're worth. What do we think? Trying to find that right combination of four. I don't suspect they're going in that direction. And frankly, I don't think they need to. You know, the ACC's got more than than 12 schools. I'm pretty sure they're at 14. Uh, it's either 14 or 16, but I'm pretty sure the ACC's at uh, at 14 schools. The Big 12's going to 12. I don't think the Pac-12 right now needs to be looking at a number beyond 12. I think that's kind of the right zone for them to be in. But I also feel that if you were really trying to find that right combination, like it, it just can't be that... I don't think there are that many different right combinations, if that makes sense. Like San Diego State is in no matter what, right? So if you're talking about putting together a combination of four schools and just trying to find the right one to make things change, none of the schools you're looking at are going to dramatically shift the value, right? There was a piece from a former uh, VP of programming at Fox Sports a while back who said, yeah, SMU, adding SMU is, quote, as fine as I've, of an idea as I've heard. Talked about how that, yeah, they could maybe up the number a little bit just by lieu of being in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, even though they're not the biggest football brand out there. But, like, if San Diego State and SMU, which I've long said are the top two options for the Pac-12, if those are clearly your top two, you're looking for a pair of two other schools. And I just don't see how they're trying different combinations there to find the right one that's going to suddenly make it, you know, radically different on, on the conference front. So I, I wouldn't get too, too over the moon about that particular concept, but also as I talked about for the first 10 minutes on today's show, what does anybody know? I am opining about, about the idea of a potential thought that came from John Wilner or a potential, you know, course of action that the conference could have. But do we know whether or not that that is taking place? No, we do not. But the good news is like, I'm okay operating in that space. The place where I get, where, where I struggle and where I was, you know, obviously 
expressing some frustration that I think many of you share at the start of today's show is with regards to the people who say, yep, this is, this is happening. This is no longer there. But, but then you have other people come back and say, yeah, no, that's not, that's not happening or that that's not true. Right. Different spaces there. I'm not completely worn out on speculation, but I am worn out on trying to figure out who I should trust CBS sports or the athletic. I don't know. It's like saying, do you like a cowboy bacon burger or do you want like a black and blue cheeseburger? It's like, well, wait, wait a minute. These, why do I have to say one is better than the other? You know, one's got cheddar cheese, barbecue sauce and, and onion strings. And one's got bacon and blue cheese and a nice little like Chipotle creme on there. Like I'm not, I'm not going to choose between those two things. They're, they're, they're both very respectable, good, solid options. And I can get down with either one. So, Anyway, John Wilner had something else that uh, that I don't think is going to come to pass. I'm going to talk about that on t- on uh, on tomorrow's show because it's a uh, it's interesting to say the least. Speaking of interesting, USC basketball is in the news right now. You may be saying to yourself, Spencer, USC basketball went out in the first round of the tournament this year. How interesting could they be? <laughs> Let me tell you. Do you know the name Bronny James? Yeah, of course. We all have seen ESPN before in the last 20 years. So, so we know the name Bronny James. How much will the Pac-12 be watching ESPN in the future? Time will tell. Okay, I had to throw it out there. I had to. I had to. I had to. I didn't have to, but I chose to. And I did, and you're stuck with me anyway, and I apologize for that. But Bronny James is going to USC. This is a big get for Andy Enfield. I mean, this is... First of all, it seemed like Oregon was kind of the front runner. That may be my personal bias showing through, but the Nike connection and Phil Knight lobbying Bronny really hard seemed like that was kind of a perfect match. But, 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 but Oregon's also got a bunch of guards on their roster who are experienced, who are veteran, who would probably be ahead of him for playing time and such. But the reason this is a big move for Andy Anfield and the Trojans is not, I repeat, is not just because of basketball. I don't know that it's even primarily because of basketball. I think Bronny James and Deion Sanders have a similarity there. Part of the inherent value of having him as a part of your program is the attention he now brings to your program. Now, has USC had some good basketball teams? Yes, they went to an Elite Eight in in the COVID year, and that team was really, really good. They, of course, had the Mobley brothers. They had Tajidi, my guy from Santa Clara, my alma mater. So... They've been good before, but I think overall it kind of feels like they've plateaued. But now you add and you add Bronny James into the mix. And if you're Andy Enfield, I think what you're doing more than anything is raising the profile of your program, right? Bronny has garnered five-star status now as a combo guard, might be a high pick in the NBA draft, but just j- just say it out loud. LeBron James kid playing basketball at the collegiate level in Los Angeles. Now, from a basketball brand standpoint, yeah, USC is the number two basketball brand in the city. Number one football brand, number two basketball brand, of course, UCLA. But nothing says raise your profile, get on people's radar, make an impact, be splashy, have attention, have hype. People are going to want to come and watch USC basketball now, right? And I mean, they get some good crowds at the Galen Center, no doubt. 
But Bronny James ups the interest level in ways that that high-profile recruits that you haven't heard of until they commit to your school just can't. And I think that's what makes it such an intriguing move for Enfield and the Trojans. We're going to talk about that more on tomorrow's show with show with Mark Holkin of Locked On USC. Make sure you tune in. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.